0: Hey, this is Amanda, Women's Health Dietitian. And I'm Emily, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner. And this is the Are You Menstrual Podcast, where we help you navigate the confusing world of women's hormones and teach you how to have healthy periods. Each week, we will be diving into a different topic on women's health and sharing our perspective using nutrition, female physiology, and metabolic health. Our goal is to help you wade through conflicting health information and empower you on your healing journey. We hope you enjoy it. In this episode, we are focusing on postpartum exercise with Dr. Lindsay Matthews Cantu. Lindsay is committed to supporting women in the various seasons of their lives. She started BirthFit in 2013 with a deep belief that movement can be the bridge to cultivate our own intuition and a trust in our bodies. Lindsay is a nervous system-based chiropractor, mercier therapist, birth doula, NLP practitioner, and strength and conditioning coach. Through all of the hats she wears in this world, she created BirthFit as she saw a huge gap sustainable nervous system-based movement and training for women in all chapters and cycles of their lives, specifically cycling, preconception, pregnant, and postpartum women. Beyond birth it, Lindsay works in her chiropractic wellness practice, Willow House, that she co-founded with Dr. Bria and Matt Much Majority, if not all of her clientele that she sees in her office are women in pediatrics, and in her spare time, Lindsay enjoys connecting with her husband, Lance, working in her garden, and taking long, slow Walks. Thank you so much for being here, Lindsay. I'm excited
1: to cover this postpartum fitness topic with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, you know, I'm stoked to get into this with you. Yeah, we I sent
0: Lindsay a form before just to like get all our information and in her bio and everything and any topics people want to cover and Lindsay had the best topics. So <laughs> I was like, oh, these like, they really made me think it was good. I feel like, cause I'm in that postpartum season now or my daughters at the time of recording this five months, it's mm-hmm. just like, it's a big transitional phase. So it was good for me to be like, okay, these are, these are really going to be helpful for women in any season of their postpartum. I would even think, you know, if you never did any recovery postpartum, if you're two years postpartum, it'll all be helpful. Let's start with your background. Cause I'm sure people hearing me read that off were like, what? <laughs> you have a diverse background. I mean, it makes sense. I feel like to me, it's like having the nervous system-based chiropractic care, strength and conditioning, like what a beautiful, like I feel like collection of knowledge to share with people. What made you focus on pregnancy and postpartum?
1: Well, just like we were talking about before, I had no idea what I wanted to be or, you know, who I wanted to grow up into. And, you know, when I reflect back on this question because people ask me this all the time. I truly feel that I created birth fit as part of my healing for my maternal lineage even though I did not know it at the time. You know, I just I knew from a young girl, like very young age that I wanted to be of service to this world. And that's all I knew. And I started out, you know, going down the pre-med route at Texas A&M. And then I decided not to go to medical school based on an experience of medical mission trip in Africa. And that's when I made a pivot to chiropractic school. And that's when I started to wake up to like, I would say it's like the power inside of the body and the self healing that we have. and, like at our fingertips. And by no means was like I sold then like I was still on asthma medications, I was still on birth control. I was still on like, you know, the standard American stuff. But you know, looking back, I know now why I created it. But then, you know, for me at the time, I was a actually a sports rehab chiropractor. And this was you know, I went to chiropractic school focusing on sports, focusing on rehab, prehab, I would intern down at the Olympic Training Center, because I was in Los Angeles at the time. And, you know, I wanted to be on the sidelines, I wanted to be, you know, at the biggest events. And I did, like I graduated from chiropractic school, I joined three other gentlemen in practice, and we were an awesome team that was rotating between sets, like on movies, we were rotating between athletic events, we were rotating just all over Los Angeles and doing all the Hollywood and sports things. And you would think that would be like pretty exhilarating and fun. But once I attended my first birth, I was like, oh, that's that's the event I need to be at. That's the sports performance I need to support. This all happened over the time span of a few years. But I started getting a lot of women in practice because the gentleman at the time did not know what to do. You know, we in chiropractic school got one trimester of pregnancy and pediatrics. And, you know, we got more nutrition, more movement, more anything than somebody in that, you know, standard medical doctor route. But still, I was like, I didn't learn any of this growing up. I had never seen my mom birth. I had never seen my mom breastfeed. You know, I grew up pretty standard American as far as like diet, lifestyle, everything. And I started thinking about just what's the possibility? What could what could be? And, you know, my, my eyes started opening whenever I just started asking questions. And there was a woman that she kind of started shifting my mindset. She came to me preconception and wanted to be in the best shape that she could be in to conceive. So I started looking some stuff up. And she dabbled in like vegetarian. And I was like, well, I think you got to eat meat. (laughs) So we went down that route. We started training in like all different planes of motions. We got adjustments once a week. And she conceived a little quicker than we thought she was going to conceive because she wanted to conceive during her off season of her TV show. Long story short, she asked me, you know, what's the most efficient way to give birth? And you know, she didn't use those words, but that's what was going through in my head because she wanted to come back for the next season of her TV career. So I started looking things up. And that's when I started doing doula training. And that was like, really the only thing I could find as far as you know, what's going on in birth, there was an diplomat course for chiropractors, and I did all that. But there was only one weekend, like it's one weekend out of all the weekends that was dedicated to pregnancy. The rest were dedicated to pediatrics. So I did doula training and I came back to her. And this is like me being completely naive. I said, I think you have to have like an unmedicated birth and you're going to heal quicker that way. And she was like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, so we don't, we don't know what we don't know. And this was like 2000. 10 maybe 2011 and we were like let's build the team you know like that I was thinking so totally in alignment like what you would do with sports like you build the right team you get the right players I said okay you know we need a quarterback who's the quarterback so that's either your OB or your midwife I said well you know we probably need a midwife because they support physiological birth we're an OB they you know all their tools are are what they have like They're really good at operating and intervening, but I don't know that they necessarily uh, support a physiological birth, a natural birth process. And so she was like, okay, we got a midwife. We got a doula. Because at the time I was still practicing. I was like, I don't think I can commit to this, (laughs) but I can commit to your being a chiropractor. Even though I did the doula training, I was like, I don't know about this. (laughs) So she ended up setting up this whole team, had a beautiful unmedicated birth. And she ended up doing a birth in the hospital with a midwife that still had privileges in LA. Because her husband was like, what's going on? Yeah. (laughs) A little freaked out but then after that I like I was able to observe the whole process saw her basically right before labor went to her house right after labor birth started the healing process immediately and I was like oh my god this is wild shortly after that I attended my my first birth and that's when I was just like oh my god like I've never seen a woman like truly step into her power and own her power and just like surrender to the forces of nature. And with that, I was like, there is nothing else on earth that I want to do. And I want every woman to be able to experience this, you know, and looking back and reflecting on my life, you know, I realized that I was very disconnected from, from my mom, from my grandma, didn't grow up, you know, viewing the cyclist sacred, didn't grow up honoring different seasons of our lives, just grew up in super go mode, like achievement mode, productive mode. And when I saw this and started like kind of just processing and integrating, it, I was like, if every woman knew they had the power inside of them truly, you know, nothing would be off limits for them. You know, that, like, it's, it's phenomenal just to see that and witness that and observe that. So that was kind of the, the origins. And from there, I, uh, <laughs> I ended up taking every pregnancy postpartum course I could take. But like I was mentioning, there was really nothing available because this was like, you know, around 2010, 2011, like over a decade ago, and so I did doula training. I did doula training twice to get two different teachers because the first time I doubted myself. Second time, okay, let's really do this. And since then, I've done it like two more times just to have different <laughs> different experiences. One of the events that stuck out to me early on, I did this course called Sacred Pregnancy, and we did a retreat. There's like women that came from all over, but we met in Ojai did a sweat lodge, got like super crunchy. Like it was my first introduction to crunchy. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I haven't had any kids. I don't like, I just really doubt myself. And there was an elder woman there that basically pulled me aside and she was in her sixties. And she basically told me like, Hey, I don't have any kids. All these children that I helped birth are my kids. And if you never have kids, it's okay, but you are called to do this. And so you know, that moment stuck with me, like, just like a lightning bolt in the heart. And it was it was a powerful experience. And then, you know, there were other trainings that were pretty monumental, like innate postpartum training was awesome. Yeah, a bunch of doula certifications, Mercier, anything that had pregnancy and postpartum on it, I took, I was like, I need to know more about this. So that was like the origins of it. And then I started being a doula and, you know, I worked in two different birth centers in Los Angeles. I worked in one that was on the West side, which was run by a certified nurse midwife. And then I worked on the East side and that was run, run by a certified professional midwife. So I got to see like the two different styles of midwifery. And then I had a great chiropractic mentor, Dr. Berlin, who was like, One of the OGs as far as like prenatal chiropractic goes. And then I had a great mentor in Dr. Stu Fishbein, who's an out of hospital OB in Southern California. So I feel like I was taught by like some of the legendary living legends, you know, that are still around that have helped pave the way for much of what you see on, you know, social media today and what, you know, we as women have access to now.
0: It shows you how different it is now, right? Like being able to get all that information at your fingertips now, whereas like you had to take like dozens and dozens of training oh programs. I had to, even to get drive.
1: Yeah. I had to drive places, like spend the night, hope for the best sort of thing, <laughs> sleep in my car. <laughs> Oh my god. But gosh. now you can take an online you can take an online doula course and you're you're done, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, that's not the same though, I feel like.
1: <laughs> oh, totally not. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool though.
0: I I was like curious too cuz I was like I know Lindsay doesn't have kids, but I'm I would like never ask someone about that. But I really like that's cool that you that woman in that sweat lodge was like, you probably assumed Mm. she'd had kids, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And she did. not And it just kind of shows you, you don't necessarily have to, I mean, I think it changes your experience a little bit, but seeing it, I think is just like, I saw my younger sister give birth and it was life-changing. And it's like, I'm like, I cannot believe I was like, I don't even know. Maybe like third, I was like in my late twenties at the time when she gave birth. And I was like, I can't believe I've never seen this.
1: And I'm this yeah. old. <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy. That's exactly what I thought. I was yeah. like, wait, how did we need to learn how to breastfeed? How do we do that? You know, <laughs> like we yeah. didn't learn that.
0: <laughs> I, I, was,
1: I know. Ugh, ugh. So, so it um, is,
0: I wish it was more normal. I think now it's going to, that's going to change. I think there's like a whole revolution of women that are just like, I want better. I'm not going to settle for I'm not going to yeah. settle for not knowing and not understanding, which is cool. totally.
1: And they want, they know, they're, I feel like women are tapping into their, like, their intuition and they're like, I know something's, it's, it's different. There's something different out there. So let me just embrace this curiosity and explore.
0: Yes. Even it doesn't have to be like a, maybe you choose to get an epidural or something. Like, it, like it's, it's not so much about doing it perfectly. It's about having the knowledge and being your own advocate and making your own choices I think as you're going through that process very cool it's so funny that it started with just like someone one of your clients that you were helping and working with and then it kicked off she got the wheels
1: turning yeah and I think you know it could have it could have been anywhere anytime like I was sharing like you know I think I did this as part of my healing Mm -hmm. and you know I used to like doodle you know, when I was doodling the name, I was doodling birthfit, and it was way before I'd even tried CrossFit, and oh. which is wild. And then I was like, "Wait, there's this brilliant thing called CrossFit." What?
0: When did <laughs> you find CrossFit?
1: I started doing CrossFit right around. It had to have been the end of 2011, 2012, like when I actually took a class. Because I used to be one of those chiropractors that was like, "Don't do CrossFit." it ruins you, you know, you're going to yeah. get injured. But then when it, when I took CrossFit and dove right in, you know, cause I'm like, okay, let me just learn as much as I can about this bef- since I'm in here. So I took mm-hmm. level one, level two, I took CrossFit weightlifting. I took CrossFit football. I took it all pose running. I did like, I was like, wait a sec. The deadlift doesn't hurt your back. Your shitty movement hurts yeah. your back. Like, yeah. Okay. Now wh- I got this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so, every CrossFit gym is different, but yeah. oh everyone's my God, had a different sure. experience. I was curious, though, because I'm like, I remember I met – I, so I met you during that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And we started at Deuce. So we started Deuce in the park in Santa Monica and then finally found a spot in Venice, and that's where when we opened Deuce. But, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Oh, man. It's so crazy, I, even, like, having things come full circle now. And so you talked about, like, you saw your first birth – And it obviously completely changed you. I don't know. I cannot imagine anyone not being changed by witnessing birth. It's, And I think you can see like, it's just so like, you're just never the same in the best way. In like really hard ways too, I think. It took me a while to like be okay with like that I had such a painful birth, but I'm still like, I did it. I just did it in got through it. And it just, to me, it wasn't like a negative experience, but I do think like, I'll never be the same. There, there's so many ways my body is the same, which is like cool and like fun, but then there's so many ways that it's different. And I just think like reconnecting with your body postpartum is so important. And a lot of women, obviously they want more information on like exercise and fitness, which we will get into. We have a ton of Instagram questions, but I'm curious, like, I think before you can exercise, you have to reconnect. With oh your body, yeah. So, can you talk about like how new moms can start doing that once they have their babies?
1: Oh yeah. So, two of the biggest words that come up for me postpartum are integration and grounding. And if you like, take a step back and you start to view the human nervous system. Like when we go through these experiences, like birth, or you know, maybe you've been in a motor vehicle accident or you've gone through a big breakup, a big move across country. These are big, you know, experiences for your nervous system. And we need these challenges like a workout of, you know, strength and conditioning, CrossFit training, a cycle class, whatever. All of that is basically stimulating your nervous system to adapt. And we need those basically to make us more resilient, to make us stronger, faster, harder to kill, anything like that. I like the word resilience. And so one of the things I I like to say and remind moms, especially if we start the whole journey together, like preconception, pregnancy, and then postpartum, is like baby's a hitchhiker on your nervous system. So their first experience with the world is through your thoughts and emotions and behavior, your movement patterns. They're picking up on your movement patterns. They're picking up on your energy. They're picking up on, you know, what you feel when your mother-in-law comes into the room or what you feel when, um, you know, you sit out in the sunshine and you're just like, ah, oh, letting everything go. They feel all that. You both go through labor, birth, cesarean, whatever the birth experience is, you both go through that together. And one of the other things, like, You'll see I find things that I like to say and I say them over and over again. But, you know, mom and baby have guaranteed tickets for birth. And you can relate this to like a roller coaster ride. You both, you two have tickets to that roller coaster ride. And I'd love it if your doula made it, if your OB or your midwife, your husband, partner, whoever. I'd love it if all the team made it. But maybe not. You know, sometimes birth happens like super fast and you two are the only ones guaranteed tickets to that experience. And you have within your capacity, all the tools you need, you have breath, sound and movement available. And so you're going to do the dance of labor. You're going to go through the birth experience together. And I often say it's like climbing a mountain and mom's got to climb this mountain and everybody's helping her up and she gets to the peak of this mountain. And, when she's at the peak of the mountain, she's got to reach through to this other dimension, as you probably felt and pull this life earth side. And now they got to come back down this mountain. And in our society, our culture, we don't do a very good job of postpartum nourishment, postpartum support, postpartum anything. There's no standard of care postpartum. We just tend to push moms and their babes down this mountain and say, roll down the mountain. Good luck. We'll see you at six weeks, which is probably the appointment right at the bottom. And so, you know, part of coming back into life is that grounding, that integration as you step one step at a time back down this mountain. And sometimes it takes women 30 days. Sometimes it takes women nine months. You know, there's no timeline to fully embody your physical body again. But there needs to be a grounding and integration that happens. You know, it's a slowness, it's a stillness, it's soft, and I'm putting my hands on my shoulders like a soft, just firm contact. You know, that's what I concentrate on in the early postpartum visits at the office. Or if I go do a house call, you know, one of the techniques I learned was closing of the bones, like you want to like, just really wrap this mom in a cocoon and just warm her because now baby is on the outside, which was a furnace for mom, you know, for so long and Eastern medicine views this postpartum state, you know, as almost a cooler state. So we got to warm from the inside out and just give mom hugs and loving touch every day and grounding so that she can start to practice being in her physical body again. So like some practical things would be just, you know, a little bit of just placing your hands. Like if you don't have anybody, just placing your hands on yourself and touching yourself. And all you have to do is like lay your hands on you, different parts of your body and just breathe there. Breathing is one of the best integration practices, you can do postpartum, and breathing into your rib cage, breathing into your lower belly, breathing into your lower back, and actually sending fresh air, fresh oxygen, fresh blood flow to that space. And thanking your womb space for like, providing so much love and nourishment for your baby and for, you know, just carrying both of y'all through 40 weeks. The other thing I like to do, like you'll, you've seen this exercise, I think is a pat down. So you're like patting yourself down. This is such a great, good energy shift. And then you wipe off the energy. That's so good. Grounding, like putting your feet on the earth, actually, all of that's so important. Sunshine, those little grounding practices you can do in the first two weeks, four weeks, 30 days, those are going to be Super key. And then, if you have the luxury of body work, like chiropractic care, acupuncture, I would do it all, but that's just me. I'm like, I love body work. Some people don't love body work at all, but I would do all the chiropractic, I would do all the acupuncture, I would do all the massage. And you, you want it to be intentional and gentle. Like, you know, one of the things I do in chiropractic is, you know, I don't do any side posture during the first couple of visits, which is, you know, like that sideline, lower back stuff, because we're healing. And, you know, there's still a lot of ligament laxity going on The even though we can't see it, the, the body's healing from the inside out. So integration and grounding is like the two words I wish everybody focused on in that first 30 days postpartum.
0: I love that. And it's cause it is, it's like, especially if you like fitness and movement, like I do, I love it. It's like one of my favorite ways to take care of myself. I always feel better after, and I feel like me, but it's one of those things where it's like you also have to honor like where your body's at at that time. And I knew like I had no desire to do anything, not even going for walks or anything for like at least a month. And so I just didn't do anything until I wanted to. But I did. I love breath work. That's probably like the one thing that I will always do forever because it's like the quickest way to calm me down. And I also have a history of asthma. So I have so much like weird stuff connected to breathing and like yes. my breath, just, yes. you know, like anxiousness around it. Yes. It's it, like a lot less now, but so it's funny to me that that's what calms me down now since it's when I was younger, it was the thing that stressed me out. But that was like the easiest thing to apply postpartum because I could be laying in bed with Eliana on my chest yes. and breathe, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't have to get up and do anything. I could totally. just like, be there. That's something that you can have access to, or even doing like the movements that you talked about. I don't think it has to be like this big thing where you have, I'm not going to have time for it. You don't need extra time. I feel like, it- and it's the other thing that I really had to wrap my mind around was integrating Eliana into those parts of absolutely. my absolutely. Instead of trying to do everything when she's sleeping, I'm like, okay, like how can I work her into all yes. this? And like you said, my nervous system affects her nervous system. So I just think that's beautiful advice. And I hope that anyone that is going to be in that season soon takes it.
1: Yeah. Having baby on your chest and just lying there doing breath work. Oh, so good. Because it's going to relax them. You know? Yeah. I will <laughs> never
0: forget those moments. Aww. Okay. So let's, so we've talked about like grounding everything. We'll get into some of the IG questions, but one of the really good questions a lot of people have when I asked like, what postpartum exercise fitness questions do you guys have? What do you want to know? They were like, what do I look for in a program? Because the, I mean, there's, there are different programs out there now and it's, it's kind of, it's similar. I have a lot of people ask about this in general for like, when you're not pregnant and just trying to support your hormones, what do you look for? So in a postpartum
1: program, what would you be looking for? Mm, that's such a good question. Because like you said, there's so many out there now. And I'm grateful that the conversation has evolved over the last decade. Because, you know, when we started, we were definitely the ol- one of the only ones. And there was like, you know, two other ones, but definitely missing the mark on a few things. You know, I think, you know, for me and the way we set up birth fit was, you know, within our postpartum package, which incorporates everything from line in to the basics to the general strength and conditioning training, it follows like it would take you through five months, you know, so let me start like some of the biggest yellow red flags for me are words or phrases that say, like, get your mom bod back, get your pre-baby body back, anything that promotes, like, flat abs, like, that's just, I don't know, like, <laughs> to not say a bad word. It's that a is lie, just, first yeah. of all. Your, your, ne-
0: your body's never going to be the same, and it shouldn't
1: be, and exactly. you should be happy about that. <laughs> yes, like, you have evolved. This is a new chapter, and while you may, in this moment of time, you may not be as fit as, you know, I was Lindsay 2016. That doesn't mean you're not going to be, you know, a more resilient human, you know, nine months from now, a year and a half from now. You know, the postpartum time, especially like that whole first year postpartum, is such a beautiful time to reset and recalibrate. And we as women get this opportunity. I've seen women that have slowed down and actually done the basics heal nagging hip injuries, heal. Lower back stuff, heal things. Just because they like totally slowed it down, reset, went from breath to basics to building, you know, a solid general strength and conditioning foundation. However, I've also seen women go back to the gym at two weeks, bleed it out, pee in their pants, you know, jump back in way too soon, and I guarantee you know, I've seen this way too often. You show up two years, three years later with the labral tear, you show up two years later, just totally depleted hormone wise. You know, there's just so like, what was the course? It was innate postpartum with Rochelle. She's an awesome teacher. But one thing she said stuck with me. It's like, how you care for your body postpartum will determine the health of you the woman later on in life it will have a profound effect on your health from that moment forward and so if you can just honor that pause honor that slowdown, that's going to be leaps and bounds so you know one of the things that we do is set a foundation and that's through the birth fit basics and we do this by utilizing developmental milestones and basic human movements. So if you are looking at a program already starts you with load already has you with volume already has you doing cardio and conditioning. That's no bueno. I don't even like doing any kind of conditioning until maybe three months at the earliest postpartum. You know, I don't even like in the office, I don't even run blood work. I don't even do thyroid panels, none of that until about three months at the earliest postpartum, because your body's still regulating itself. It's figuring itself out. So the last thing I want you to do is go for a run, you know, at six, eight weeks postpartum, you've got to have a solid foundation. And that comes with the basic human movements. And you can find the birth at basics free on YouTube. Like they're, they're so important. We're like, We have programs, but also if you want to to experiment for free, just go do them. They're on YouTube. So I think a foundation is huge. The other thing is, you know, programs that make like we're talking about the ones that just lie, like false promises. I don't know what your body is going to look like in six months. I don't know how your birth went. What I do know is that every healing timeline is different. And, you know, what we talk about is it. It is a mind-body-soul connection. And we cannot heal our physical body unless we address our mental and emotional body. And so if we're dealing with prolapse or a diastasis that hasn't healed, it's not all physical. There's no one size, one magic exercise that's going to approximate that DRA if we're still, you know, maybe dealing with some identity stuff and family relationship dynamics that's going on. If we're if prolapse, you know, oh, it's at the root chakra and sexuality, if intimacy, money stuff hangs out there. So all of it's super connected. So I'd like to say like, there's no one size fits all model. There's no if some if there's a program that promises like, get your abs back in 30 days. No, like, it's a lie. And if they don't start off gradually, like with a foundational setting, a foundation and then building. And after we establish the foundation through the birth at basics and breath work, Oh, that's the other thing. Breath work. Yeah. (laughs) Breath work. Jesus Lord. (laughs) It's all I feel like I did for 30 days. It was great. (laughs) If there's a program and they don't address breath, just ask for a refund. But after breath work, after the basics, then we start to get into general strength and conditioning and that's a foundation in and of itself for sports specific stuff. So sports specific being CrossFit, sports specific being track and field, being soccer, being Pilates, being yoga, being spin, whatever. And in that we work on a lot of asymmetrical stuff, progressive overload. So there's a progression. It's not just wham, bam, let's go run a 5k. You know, I think there's a gradual increase in load, a gradual increase in volume, but you have to have that foundation and that foundation starts with breath.
0: Hey, Amanda here, just giving you a quick break, hopefully a, a break for your brain in the middle of this podcast episode to remind you that if you haven't gone through our free training, Optimizing Hormone Health Through Mineral Balance, we really do recommend starting there. And the main reason for that is because you're going to hear us say things like mineral foundation, having a solid foundation, are you putting the foundations in place? Especially what as we get deeper and deeper into different hormonal topics and specific imbalances in the body, The the mineral foundation. It's always going to be so essential. So if you haven't watched the free training, you can find it in our show notes, or you can go to hormonehealingrd.com. And it's going to be right on that front page there, but we really recommend starting there so that you can understand how is your current mineral status? How do you assess this and how to get started with all that? Just so you can get as much as you possibly can out of the rest of the podcast episodes, but that's it. I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, and I think too because it's like when you breath will automatically incorporate your pelvic floor.
1: Oh, you know? for sure.
0: And I think that because it's, I think if someone's looking at postpartum programs and they don't talk about breath work, pelvic floor health, like anything like that, I, I just that would make me like want to run. And we actually had a question about pelvic floor that I feel like would be perfect timing for now. Someone asked, "How do you know if you need to work on pelvic floor muscles postpartum?" everyone does. <laughs> so do you want to do you want to talk about yeah. that and like
1: how that could show up in a program? Yes. So I'm so glad you said breath and pelvic floor because you're absolutely right like our pelvic floor does not work in isolation. And if you could see me like I'm putting my hands up and the diaphragm and pelvic floor are basically parallel to each other. And when you inhale everything lowers and expands expands 360 degrees your pelvic floor lowers your diaphragm lowers and then when you exhale on a regular human breath they all naturally return back to neutral there's no sucking up and in there's no pulling your belly button to your spine it's just like that natural diaphragm breath that's happening when we start to incorporate you know a little stability breath as we call it or task specific intraabdominal pressure Or bracing or starting to, especially postpartum, we're learning to manage our internal pressure system again. Then we have to basically work with that exhale. So we inhale the same and we try to maintain that expansion that was gained on the inhale. We try to maintain that expansion on the exhale. And so we do this in. The birth fit basics without load, without increasing volume, just in a safe space with a dead bug and with our earned range of motion there. But if you think about this, we do this in a neutral spine in the sagittal plane to start out with, because that's where babies learn to move. If you learn, if you go back to developmental kinesiology, we as humans, no matter where we're at in this world, we all learn to move. And go through the same milestones no matter where we're at in this world. It's just innate in us. like It's it's so wild. But we start in that sagittal plane. And if you watch a baby and they're doing happy baby or they're doing a dead bug type of thing, they are learning to use their internal pressure system. They're learning to stabilize with their diaphragm. They're learning to basically use their breath to support them, use contact with the ground to manage their internal pressure system. And side note, babies are actually born with diastasis, but as they go, you'll see it on them like a little cone. As they go through their developmental milestones, it approximates. Doesn't happen overnight. There's no, you know, this magic exercise that approximates it. They have to go through these milestones and start to incorporate these, you know, anatomical slings and different planes of motion that start to approximate that. So pelvic floor, oh man, you know, if when I started in the birth world, the Kegel was everything. And I'm so glad that people have woken up to Kegels, not the one size fix all do that. Do a hundred of those a day after birth and you're healed. no, you know, one of the biggest things that I feel like women miss are relaxation of the pelvic floor. That's one of the biggest things we concentrate on leading up to labor and birth. And you can do this just by breathing in simple poses and stretches like child's pose, like happy baby or like a gentle straddle stretch. You know, there's a great book called The Body Keeps Score. Every single experience hangs out in our body unless, you know, we process it. If you see an animal, like a dog, and they go through a bath or an experience, they shake it out, like they're getting it out of their nervous system. And we haven't really learned to do that in our culture or society. So, you know, we're talking about coming back down from the mountain or, you know, with us as women, when we go through minor micro traumas in life, if we're not able to shake it out or dance it out or yell it out, then that stuff's going to hang out in us and, pelvic floor notoriously holds a lot of trauma for women. And, you know, one of the things I see with women is just like, just this hunched over almost fetal position. And when I see that, I automatically know their pelvic floor is tight. I know they haven't breathed into their pelvic bowl. There's no, like it might be a little hollow space that we need to address. So children are not, I think everybody needs to address their pelvic floor and, you know, make sure it's moving and not just stuck in one position. So huge work on it. Like just send some love to your pelvic floor.
0: I love that. So like, say like a program, maybe they talk about pelvic floor, but if they only have things to strengthen, like Kegel type things, then also look for like a relaxation. Are they, are they doing anything to relax? I would say like I feel like most people need to relax more than.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Not, I would say 90% of women that have urinary incontinent issues, it's because they have a too tight hypertonic pelvic floor. And so the first thing we do in the office is downregulate their nervous system, relax their pelvic floor, start from there. We got to unwind and then build back up.
0: I love that. I, I know that can be hard to grasp, especially after birth, but it's like you're, if, especially if you're like pushing for a long time and mm. maybe you don't quite, I didn't grasp the like exactly how to push correctly at first. It like took me a little bit. So it, it, like you're gonna, you're most likely going to be dealing more with tightness. Like that was my main issue after the, mm-hmm. that of over anything, but luckily I knew the breath stuff to like address it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do more questions. This is a really good one. Can you do some light stretching exercises zero to two weeks postpartum?
1: Totally. I would err on the side of exercises rather than stretching. Remember, they're still relaxing, hanging out in your joints and tissues. And even though, you know, the highest concentration was, you know, right at the end of the third trimester and at birth, if you're breastfeeding, is going to be hanging out, but I would say gentle exercises like the birth it basics, like breathing, lower back, just gentle movement, shin box flows, glute bridges, things like that. And you know, during this time like no more than 5 to 10 reps just to get some blood flowing. I think that's that's great. I'm going to have to like
0: link to your YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you guys have that on there, just because people are gonna be like, "What the shin box?" Oh, I'll it's all to the on YouTube. there. Yeah, yeah, I'll link to the YouTube <laughs> channel for everyone listening, so you can go check it out. And even like, I did your lying in program for thirty days, and it's like there is some very light movement, but it's not really like it's not an exercise. It's like breath work. And just, like,
1: paying attention, like, how does it feel?
0: You know, like, how does it feel when you do this and stuff? Yeah,
1: so. Pelvic tilts, posture stuff, segmental cat-cows. Yeah. Which is my favorite thing. I love that movement so much.
0: <laughs> and it's funny because it felt good at first, but now because my daughter is huge, she's, like, over yes. 20 pounds, it's, like, I need to do that every single day. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Is there ever a point with sleep deprivation that working out is contraindicated?
1: mm. Yeah, I mean sleep sleep deprivation is something to be mindful of. I'll share an experience with you. One of my this was actually one of my celebrities in LA and she was pregnant, had her second baby. Beautiful home birth experience. And I was going over there once a week afterwards and you know, you can just tell when somebody is not getting enough sleep. Like in new mom life, it comes in chunks. It comes in like ideally quality chunks. And this mom, yeah, I could just tell she wasn't taking those chunks and wasn't, you know, sleeping when baby slept or, um, had a little bit of anxiety. And I asked her one day, I was like, when's the last time you actually slept slut? And she said, well, to be honest, I think it's been like two to three days. I was like, oh, okay. So what else, what else is going on? Like how are we feeling? How's poop? How's digestion? Are you stressed? Like, her husband wasn't in town, he had to get leave. So it was just her and the, the nanny, thank God, but ended up, she had to go on a small dose of anxiety medication. And then, she, you know, she did that for about a month and came off. But there was, you know, some big signs of postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression going on. So I'm really mindful of, of po- sleep postpartum. I think it's way more important than exercise, especially in the first trimester. You know, there's a lot going on. Like give yourself permission to nap, give yourself permission to sleep. But I would say if you are irritated with people, if you know, change, like transitions are hard, change is hard. Like even just like running to the store or putting kiddo in the car if it, if it's like a huge event, a huge obstacle, And, you know, you haven't had quality chunks of sleep, like pay attention to that, ask for help, reach out. I I, I promise you exercise can come later for sure.
0: Yeah. And I feel like I, I mean, I slowly started to do stuff, but there was plenty of weeks where I'm like, I just don't feel like it. I didn't get good sleep one night and I would just skip it. And I mean, I honestly feel like doing less postpartum helped me recover.
1: <laughs> like, Absolutely. We, there's this mantra we like. It's called slow is fast. Like totally embrace that mantra postpartum. Less is more. Yeah. And year. like
0: not enough. And I think it's just like doing something more than nothing. Like if you say like you are super stressed and you're, you didn't get sleep, but you're like, I just, I don't really feel like working out, but I need to do something. It's like, then maybe you go back to some of those basic movements Absolutely. and stretches, you know? It can be hard. I know if you're a perfectionist mindset, it's hard to do that, but have a backup plan. That helps yeah. me a lot. Okay. How can you make sure you strengthen diastasis recti versus make it worse?
1: Mm. Okay. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about this already, but anything that is extreme flexion, like if you're in the CrossFit world, toes to bar, GHD sit-ups, regular sit-ups, crunches, bicycle crunches or knees to elbow in yoga, those kind of things are going to be like extreme flexion. You're like rounding your back, you're doing an abdominal sit-up crunch situation. And those are going to make the DRA worse because you're focusing only on one muscle group. And that is your rectus abdominis. That's your six pack washboard abs if you they're they're in there, under there, wherever. Those, like when we only focus on one muscle group we neglect other planes of motion, we neglect other parts of our body. So one thing we always say when somebody, when a woman becomes pregnant, she's fully pregnant, she's in season starting to train for birth, mind, body, soul. So we start that shift initially in the first trimester, like we take out anything like that. And you know, this might be hard if you wanna still go to your gym community and sometimes, you know, when I was coaching in LA at our gym, we would just say, "Oh, she's nursing a shoulder injury," you know, just maybe we didn't want to announce it to the whole gym. Yeah, but <laughs> good point. <laughs> those things are going to um, being very one movement, one exercise focused. Or if you go back to sport specific stuff too soon, that's going to make a difference because maybe you are a thrower or a volleyball player. You are hitting only from one side. That's like if I'm I'm pulling my sweater, but if we're pulling the fascia this way, that's going to affect everything from the chain. Like this diagonal chain is going to affect everything in the anterior, the frontal chain back. It's going to affect all of it. The fascia has a huge deal, huge, huge influence on our body. The other thing is it takes, we like to say we're building a strong and dynamic core. One that is like flexible and one that has strength, not just a rigid core, a washboard abs. And most, like most of the time, the washboard abs are actually on the weaker side. A very strong core is one that, you know, maybe you can see some abs, maybe you can't, but there's somebody that's able to, have flexibility and strength in all planes of motion. All movement originates from the core. And you need two things in order to have a strong and dynamic core. One, you need that task-specific intra-abdominal pressure. So you've got to be able to manage your own internal pressure system. And that's going to be different from picking up a 20-pound baby as compared to picking up a 200-pound deadlift. You're going to use a different amount of pressure there. The other thing you need is all the like spinal muscles, all the intersegmental spinal stabilizers playing the game, working in harmony. And that's why I say like this one muscle isolation stuff does nobody any good. Like you don't walk across the room by just contracting your pelvic floor. Like you have so many muscles playing the game. There's, I I think this was a study I read recently that like no matter what's going on with the diaphragm, the pelvic floor is always doing something like we were talking about earlier. So you need those two things in order to have a strong and dynamic core. It's simple, not easy, right? So you need the <laughs> managing your own internal pressure system and you need all the muscles playing the game together. So if one muscle is overactive, like erectus rectus abdominis, then what's the obliques doing? What's the transverse abdominis doing? How's the pelvic floor you know, all of those got to play the game together.
0: And I think that's what's so helpful about the breath work in the beginning is because like you have to reconnect to your core again because it feels so different. And especially in like the first like couple months, I feel like was like the biggest difference. And if you can work on that breath work, and I know – there was even some like working on that pressure in the lying in program and getting used to that again. Cause you're like, how do I even engage my core right now? Right. It's, it was weird, but you have to like practice doing those things
1: again. And you have to like practice blowing out candles like, yeah. Or, you know, blowing up a little balloon, little things like that. (laughs) Yeah. I use the balloon.
0: That's like, that was like my favorite technique for really learning how to do the pelvic floor breathing. Yeah. Okay. This is a interesting one. At what point does your pelvis feel stable for weighted squats postpartum?
1: Mm, Well, I would love to give you an answer, (laughs) but there is no one size fits all. You know, as I was saying, our postpartum package takes you through five months postpartum and, you know, we update our programs yearly. Like they're always being updated. We ask for feedback all the time. And it's because we keep taking feedback from moms, like actual moms that have done it. They're like, well, I felt this. And if multiple moms feel a certain way, then we're gonna change something. So all of our programs are based on actual experience, experience of moms, experience of us as doulas, experience of us as doctors, therapists in the field. And so we made that timeline based on like the most common timelines within the postpartum training at the end of the postpartum package, we start to do squats again, we start to do loaded squats. But I guarantee the ones that we start to do, you know, in that, you know, first first couple of weeks are gonna feel completely different than the ones at the end of that five months. And, you know, one of the things we love is tempo work, like pause work. Tempo work is so great for your joints, postpartum joints in general. But from everything that I've read and everything that I've observed, there are cultures, tribes around the world that recommend moms heal two to three years before having another baby. And that's, you know, to restore nourishment, minerals, nutrients, connective tissue, build bought the body back, you know, but based on what women have said, I will, and you, you'll have to come back to me and see if this is true. Right around the nine month to 12 month mark is when women are like, Oh, I can squat heavy again, or I can run my race or I, I feel, I feel solid, you know, and that's doing everything, you know, in, um, you know, very intentional manner. Whereas if they start and go to the gym too early or, you know, do double unders, okay, we're just going to jump in and do double unders or running, you know, at four weeks, five weeks postpartum, I guarantee there's some sort of pelvic floor dysfunction that shows up within that first year postpartum. So yeah, nine months to 12 months is kind of that sweet spot window. I
0: that's really interesting I'll let you know I I feel like in the beginning it's it's not even like a physically can I do this it's more of like for me it's been my nervous system like there's just so many changes happening in the beginning and I would it's I'm sure it has to do especially for different women it's like if you were going back to work it's like I remember I felt great and then I went back to work and I was like oh okay this is awful <laughs> yeah. you know like my body and my nervous system were shot where we it was just such a big change and like such a like very ugly learning experience that it's like I really took a step back I still did movement and worked out but I was like there is no way I'm even going to attempt to do anything heavy, even if physically I feel like I could do it because I won't recover from it and it's not going to make me feel better. So I, I, and it's, I've gotten this advice from my other entrepreneur friends that are moms and they're like, don't make any important choices about your business, about your life until your baby's nine months old. Yes, yes, And so now I'm like, I I feel like it's probably like physical, nervous system, like mental, emotional. So like that, when you said nine months, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's for everything. Just nine months. Yes. For
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so
0: funny. Okay. This is, and I did struggle with hemorrhoids. I figured it out, but I'm curious to see your, mm. hear your answer. How can you reduce slash avoid hemorrhoids when getting back into
1: lifting postpartum? Oh, so This is a great question because hemorrhoids are actually a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. And one of my friends, great friends, she deals with them. She is a firefighter and she's just an awesome, awesome source. So we go back to breath. We go back to breath. We go back to breath. (laughs) <laughs> and there's a great blog we have, I think it's called I got hemorrhoids tip to heal and provide relief. But one of the things that we do, like I said, go back to diaphragm breathing. And then within the BirthFit basics, there's a pose called high bear, where the pelvis is above the rib cage. And we breathe in that position. That is huge. That like, okay, if high bear is too much for you, do tabletop and your pelvis is in alignment with your rib cage. That's going to be huge. Other things that have provided relief are being mindful of like your, you talk about mineral intake a ton. Like you've got to nourish yourself. Salt intake is huge. Doing things around the house, like incorporating a squatty potty, asking for help, like, actually, you know, being mindful of how you pick up baby, the chores you have around the house, like the dishes, things like that, being mindful of that. Getting adjusted is huge and down-regulating your nervous system is a big one and going back to breath. You know, I I didn't say this earlier, but, you know, I feel like one of the things, one of the things I say is like, pregnancy is a great revealer. And it. I feel like everything, you know, whether it be... You know, I've I've dealt with hemorrhoids or I've dealt with asthma or I've dealt with anxiety or what? I feel like at some point in the motherhood transition, our little Achilles heel is going to rear its head. And we may have two or three Achilles heels, but I feel like it's going to rear its head and it's going to say, how are you doing with this lesson? You know, what do you got? I got something for you right now. Yeah, hemorrhoids postpartum. I think gosh, what were we looking into with my friend? It's I think it is related to the maternal side of healing, you know, making sure being mindful of relationships with mom or grandma or sisters and things like that. And she went and did a ton of work on healing her relationship with her mom. She's now, you know, pregnant with the second one and it hasn't been as as intense. It's actually been great. Yeah. There's also, I would strongly recommend acupuncture for hemorrhoids. There's an adjustment that I do in the office that's like right on an acupuncture point. And then, you know, if you're seeing an acupuncturist, I think it's along the lines of like spleen deficiency. So getting in to see an acupuncturist would be super beneficial.
0: Very interesting. I had them pop up at like, around four to five weeks I had them like in like three weeks and they went away and they popped up again I'm like what the heck and it was I saw my pelvic floor PT and she was like I had like three pretty tight spots and she was like this is a it's a pelvic floor issue it's not yeah like it like we think it's like more of a it it could be digestion I think for some but it's like that also goes back to why can you not release like from your pelvic floor yeah so breath work was it like literally it's huge they were gone. and just, you know, be, if you're, if you start, I, I scaled back on working out a little bit and did breath work and, and I haven't had issues since, but that's really interesting mm. about the maternal and sister right? relationships. Do you have a few more minutes? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Someone asked about reducing back pain postpartum. I don't know if this person, if they always had back pain or if it just came up like with pregnancy or what?
1: Okay. So, what tends to happen postpartum is because everything just involved our core, our core shuts down. And now we're bending over doing these like minor hip hinges, picking up baby, putting baby down. So our back takes the brunt of the work. You can start, this is where I would say, if your back is bothering you, it's time to start doing things like the birth fit basics, getting adjusted, going back to breath work because your lumbar spine, it's, doing all the work, but it doesn't have to be doing all the work. Um, and I do see that very, a a lot, you know, especially in that like two month to three month mark postpartum. Yeah.
0: I love that. I I didn't deal with that, but I, I was like anticipating it because I had such bad back labor and I was like, I wonder if it's going to bother me like forever. And it didn't, but I, the women I do know that had back pain, I, I think it was a, Movement thing. I really like this question. Is it a good idea to start strength training postpartum if you've
1: never done any strength training prior to having a baby? Heck yes, and take it slow. <laughs> like, yeah, go slow. I get this question all the time. Like, I've never done exercise. Can I exercise in my pregnancy? I've never done any strength training postpartum. Can I do it? Yes. Hire a smart coach. Join one of our programs. Just don't do it on your own because I think there's so much. That literally, a lady just came into the office this week that started trink training because her hu- husband set up a garage gym. She was like, third baby, okay, I'm ready to get in shape," and like totally, you know, sprained her back. So now we're, yeah. <laughs> so I think if you do it, do set some intentions, set some goals, hire somebody, join an online program, have like the right support in your corner, and I pro- it'll be the best thing you've ever done. Honestly, I love that. I'm like, it's a,
0: it's accessible. Anyone can do it. You know, yes. it's just like, it doesn't matter. Your body's not broken. Cause you had a baby. I, I think if anything, I'm like, this could be like a good time to start because you kind of have to, you have to go really slowly and you can't just like add a bunch of weights and stuff like that. But I I was like, I think that'll be a helpful one for people. Okay, last one. How can you fit in exercise postpartum? Like, how do you fit it into Mm. your day-to-day?
1: So you touched on this a little bit earlier by starting to incorporate Eliana into your breathing and your exercises. I think that is key. And the moms that figure this out and let go of the perfection of like – this is what my training looked like before. It's got to look like this now. Or, like, I, I need an hour to train, you know, that sort of mindset. Let that go. That ship has sailed. It's not this, this chapter or this season of life. But if you can start to incorporate baby, you know, in the birth fit basics, it's really easy. She, he or she can like lay on the blanket and just stare at you. You can do bird dog over them. They, are watching you. They're watching your movements. So make sure you do your movements correctly. (laughs) They are picking up those movement patterns. (laughs) They want to like see mom, see, see dad, see whoever, like do things, move and explore, because that's how they start to interact with the world. Just, just through observation. The other thing I would say is like letting go of that perfectionism, that I got to do this, this whole training day in an hour, you know, someone when we'll do the birth basics and they'll do like part of it in the morning and part of it in the afternoon, they'll break it up throughout the day, maybe do a section in the morning section at lunch, section at dinner. Other times, you know, maybe we're in the, the training phase of it, the general strength and conditioning part. And there's that mind body connection piece. Maybe they do that first thing in the, in the morning, and then they do the little warm up and then they call it good. Okay, Maybe the next day they do the mind-body connection piece and then they do more of the, you know, the conditioning piece that shows up. So there's flexibility in it. And within, you know, our programs, we talked to there's a chat section, we talk. If people have questions, you know, we have a monthly support call. But being okay with that flexibility and not being so rigid rigid in the training department, I think is is a big thing. And just knowing that, you know, you're never gonna get this time back with your little one. And I know you want to exercise, like I love exercise too, but you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, my husband wants me to just like sit down and have dinner or lunch or be present with him for whatever we're doing. I it can wait, you know, I can do this tomorrow or we can go on a walk later. Baby wearing walks are awesome. Babies watching you interact with the world. They're seeing how you take in that stranger or that neighbor or whoever And they're learning how to just regulate their systems based on you. So the more flexibility you have, the more incorporation of baby, the smoother I think it goes.
0: Yeah, and I know it's it's like I have friends that all do it different ways. Like I just incorporate Eliana because her naps. I'm like I'm working. Like I have to work during that time. (laughs) So I, I, and, and then she doesn't mind being in the garage and working out with me. I wouldn't do it once she's been up for two hours. You know, I I do try to time it like. Once she's like woken up, she's eaten, she's happy. I know I'll have a solid thirty to forty minutes. That's what's worked for me. I have friends that they're like, I can't do it that way, and I I just wait to work out until my husband gets home. He takes the baby, it, like that works too. I just don't mind it, and I'd rather get it done in the morning. So it's it's just like I think experimentation is key, and just get rid of your expectations. Just drop, don't even lower them. Just drop them. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah.
0: Like forget I, about
1: everything you did before. <laughs> yeah. And just
0: have fun with it. Like ha- sometimes Eliana gets fussy when I'm working out and I just like I stop and I talk to her and I give her a different toy or something and she's fine and I go back to it. It's like But this is where the nervous system part comes in because if you can't handle stuff like that, if that kind of thing is stressing you out a ton, then maybe instead of getting that workout in, you take a nap or do some breath yes. work or go for a walk or something like that cuz that should be like a huge red flag that absolutely something's off balance. Absolutely. Um, but, and to not like feel bad about that, give yourself grace. Like this is a huge learning time, whether you've had a baby already or not. It's not the same. Every baby is different. And then mm-hmm. you have more than one. So that's a lot. So, <laughs> but yeah, that that would be like my advice. But I love this. I think this is going to be helpful. I hope that people get to listen to this before they give birth so they can have some of this in mind. <laughs> for their postpartum
1: experience.
0: And I just can't thank you enough for being here and chatting. Absolutely.
1: With me. Absolutely. Happy to be here and happy to answer any questions. I know there's probably some we didn't get to and some that will come up as people listen to this. So yeah. So reach I'll out. make
0: sure to make sure you guys check out Lindsay. She has a few different Instagrams. Birthfit Instagram is just at Birthfit. If you want to follow along with that, get information there. If you are Wanting to follow more with Lindsay's chiropractic practice, I'm going to link that one as well. And then just her personal Instagram, I will link that one in the show notes too. And the BirthFit YouTube. So you guys can just start getting familiar with some of these movements that Lindsay was mentioning throughout the episode. And then that hemorrhoids blog, I'll find it and link it. <laughs> Cause that, I mean, the hemorrhoids are just rough and I get it. It's like a, oh, hard they're miserable. Thing postpartum. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, what's happening? How is how am I bleeding on my butt? I just like birthed a baby. Like this is unreal. <laughs> yes, yes. I was literally just like, why?
1: Yeah. But
0: yeah, it, and Lindsay also has a podcast that I'm going to link as well. There's a lot of, tons of information. So there's more than enough free resources. And if you guys need more help, I just finished up, just wrapped up my five months of the <laughs> birth fit postpartum package. And it's, I was like, five months is kind of random. But now that I'm here, I'm like, no, it's not. It's like- <laughs> it's like perfectly timed and I really am in like a whole different season physically and mentally. So it was perfect. I can't recommend it enough. And yeah, I I think that's it. So we'll see you guys next episode. Awesome. Thank y'all. Thank you for listening to the Are You Menstrual podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a review and sharing the podcast with someone you think it will help. If you are new here, we can't recommend enough to start with our mineral imbalance quiz. This is going to give you an idea if you are at low, moderate, or high risk. For mineral imbalances. And then of course, make sure you follow us on Instagram at hormone healing RD and consider signing up for our newsletter. If you like nerding out and you are just loving these podcasts, but maybe you're a little bit more visual and you want to see things too. We go into a ton of detail in our weekly newsletter. So we would love to have you join us there. All right. Thank you. And we will see you in the next episode.